Well, you all ready for the Word? This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert, my spirit is receptive, as I'm taught the Word of God, my life has changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. Well, give five people a high five, and then you may be seated this morning. Somebody might say, why do we do the high five thing? Well, I started doing that during the uh, lockdowns, which now they say never happened. Because I figured the, the whole uh, way to health and healing was to do the opposite of what the liars were saying. Amen. Amen. Lift both hands up, say it. Thank you, Father God. The kingdom of heaven is nigh. Thank you, Father God. I walk by the word and not by sight. Thank you, Father God. Your word is true every day in my life. Give the Lord a shout of victory this morning. Amen. Amen. If you haven't figured it out, what the greatest healing evangelist of the 19th century, Smith Wigglesworth, used to say is true. What God has said is true, and everything else is a lie. And man, I'll tell you what. I never would have seen it when I was a young man how a culture could be so chock full of lies. But here we are. Let's open our Bibles this morning to Mark chapter 5 and we come to the 12th miracle in the New Testament. Jesus calms a storm on the sea. One of my fathers in the faith, Fred Price, taught us that when we read the Bible, we should look for patterns and principles and once you see a pattern, once you see a principle in the Word of God, you can implement that principle in your own life and get results. And once you implement a principle from the Word of God in your own life and you get results, well, then you can repeat that process over and over and over because God's Word is true and because God's Word works for anyone who will take time to work the Word. So what we're doing in 2023 is we're just marching down through the miracles of the New Testament, looking for patterns and principles. Now, if God's people, and this is going to tie into the end of the message this morning, if God's people could learn to look for and then apply patterns and principles, they see in the miracles of the New Testament, they could live their lives and hardly have a need hardly have a want, hardly have anything that they would desire left undone. Mark 4, verse 35, that day when evening came, he said 
to his disciples. Tell the neighbor on, on the one side, he said to his disciples. Tell the neighbor on the other side, he said to his disciples. He said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. In other words, there were several boats crossing the lake. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? But now wait a minute. Jesus had said, let us go over to the other side. Jesus had not said, let's get halfway across this lake and drown. Jesus did not say, uh, you know, we're all going to die. Jesus said, let us go over to the other side. <laughs> Tell the neighbor on the other side, and in this church, you're going to know if it's a brother or a sister. So say, brother or sister, we're going over to the other side. Turn to, the, turn to the other one now. Properly identify them and say, we're going over to the other side. I walked in here this morning and the spirit of prophecy came on me. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, we are going over to the other side. Hallelujah. We are going over to the other side. We're going to stand strong and we're going to stand true and we're going to stand faithful and we're going over to the other side. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when the disciples started going by what they saw, instead of by what Jesus had said, they became fearful. When the disciples started going by what they saw rather than what Jesus had said, they became fearful. Why did so many Christians fall for the Fauci routine? I mean, man had lived on this planet thousands of years without social distancing, without masking, without drugs. Because they began to go by what they saw. And they began to go by what they heard. And they began to go by CNN. And they began to go by MSNBC. And they stopped going by what God had said. And when you start going by what you see. And you start going by what you hear and you start going by what is going on around you instead of going by what God has said, fear enters your heart. And then Satan can do his work. When the disciples started going by what they saw instead of going by what Jesus had said, they became fearful. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Say it out loud. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Verse 39, he got up 
That doesn't make any sense. I mean, there's a squall, there's a storm. I mean, if, if they were worried about drowning, don't you know this little boat would have been pitching to and fro? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why were you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. I think we make a great mistake when we read the Gospels when we assume that they knew who he was all along. Obviously, at this point, they still did not really know who he was. Step number one, say it. We're looking for patterns and principles, and some of you have heard these patterns and principles in previous messages, but don't worry about it because... You need it. I was thinking of a kinder way to say what I was thinking. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because if you had it, you'd be further down the road. He said it. Jesus said it. Now, now you think I'm saying he said it when he said, quiet, be still. And I am. But he also said it when he said, let us go over to the other side. He said it. And Jesus' faith was in his word. Jesus' faith was in his words. Say it out loud. Jesus' faith, Jesus faith. was in his word. Jesus. Say it again. Jesus' faith, Jesus faith was in his word. Jesus. Now, we're kind of blind to all of this because of being 2,000 years later and, you know, um, being believers who have heard and believed and we have not seen and believed like those 12 But on one occasion, Jesus said, heaven and earth may pass away, but my words will never pass away. So his faith was in his word. And people in 2023 do not have a high enough regard for the Bible. I mean, it's horrifying to me to think about even those 12 disciples, the 72 and the multitudes and the thousands following him, they, they didn't have a New Testament. We take all these things for granted. They didn't have a New Testament. All they had was the Old Testament and the words coming out of his mouth. You see this in Genesis 1, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? Not one word of God shall ever cease. Or, or let me say it this way. Not one word of God shall ever not come to pass. The word of God is forever. Heaven and earth may pass away, but the words of God will never pass away. Jesus, quoting the Old Testament, said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. Look, as long as you are interested in what the Kardashians are doing, you are defeated. As long as you give a rip about what this world is saying or thinking or doing, you are defeated. The only thing that matters, and I know this sounds old, it's not old, it's old school. The only thing that matters in any given issue of life is what has God said? If we would train ourselves 
no matter what the issue of life was, whether financial or physical or whatever it was, to ask this question, what does God's word have to say about this? And go by that instead of by what we think or instead of by what people say or instead of by, oh my God, how we feel. We would hardly ever have any kind of an issue or need or defeat in our lives whatsoever. Jesus' faith was in his word, and all Jesus' works were a result of his words. I challenge you to reread the four Gospels. All of Jesus' works were the result of his words. Even when he would lay hands on people, he would say something. He, he may not always lay hands on people, but he would say something. All of Jesus' works were a result of his words. And I say, brothers and sisters, and I include myself in this, we are too careless with our words. All of Jesus' works were a result of his words. Jesus' words had authority over God's creation. Jesus' faith was in his word. All Jesus' works were a result of his words. Number two, do it. Now, I know this sounds nuts, but the weather heard Jesus, and the weather did what Jesus said to do. You know, I'm always editing myself, trying to ascertain how much you can handle. But we have authority, brothers and sisters, in the Lord, and we have authority you know not of. Colossians 2.15 says, Jesus made an open show and spectacle of Satan on Calvary's cross. One translation says, Jesus put to naught every work of Satan on Calvary's cross. Galatians 5.13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse force. Is it 3.13? Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse force. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Satan, if you get your mind right, you get your mind renewed, you get your mind renewed to the New Testament, Satan is nothing. Satan is defeated. Satan only has the territory in our lives that we yield to him. We have the authority. And we don't have the authority sometimes when we feel real spiritual and we fasted a bunch of days and we, uh, you know, we have some kind of super duper anointing. No, we have the authority over Satan 24 7, 365, because Jesus made an open show and spectacle of him on Calvary's cross. He is a defeated foe. But to those who are ignorant, to those who do not know, he still works his works. And his gift is deception. And so he works to deceive. So the wind and the waves obeyed. Back to verse 35. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side, leaving the crowd behind. They took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with them or him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And even though the boat was nearly swamped, Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. Why? Because he was not afraid. Because he was not concerned. Because he was not alarmed. And listen to me now. You want to think that he was not afraid and he was not concerned and he was not alarmed because he was the son of God. 
That is not the point of the story. He was not afraid, and he was not concerned, and he was not alarmed because the everlasting, eternal, living words of God had already come out of his mouth. Let us go over to the other side. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet! Be still! Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why were you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? So what's the whole point of the whole thing for the Lord Jesus? Talk to me. What's the whole point of the whole thing for Jesus? Faith. It's about faith. We were sitting in an airport... And they, they backed the plane out and, you know, it had a new paint job. And I said to Sue, I said, if I had a plane, what do you, th what do you think I'd paint on it? And she said, faith, absolutely. As big as I could put it on there, faith. When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? This old world's looking for the fifth booster. But Jesus is looking for faith. Have faith in God. Hallelujah. I said have faith in God. Hallelujah. Jesus' faith was in his word. Now let's focus in on what really ails the body of Christ today. We see this principle also in Paul's telling of the story of Abraham in Romans 4. We've been dealing with this a little bit about a month back on Wednesday nights, Romans 4, 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. That is our God. That is the faith God that we serve. That is who he is. He is the God who calls those things which are not as though they were. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations just as it had been said to him. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be without weakening in his faith. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and the Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith. How did he do that? By giving glory to God, being fully persuaded, being fully, listen, Listen, I know what I'm talking about. You fill your mind. Listen, we were somewhere the other day and they were playing some kind of classical music. And I said to Sue, I said, isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing how soothing that is? Isn't that amazing how calming that is? Listen, you fill your mind with rap music and you fill your, your eyes with Hollywood movies and you do all this. Of course you're not going to have any faith. Of course, of course, of course, of course, of course. Because we're going to learn in the power lunch. Is that this Saturday? 
We're going to learn in the Power Lunch this Saturday that I feed my spirit man with what comes through my eyes. I feed my spirit man with what comes through my ears. Not just my spirit man, my mind. But I'm not talking about the mind right now. I'm talking about my spirit man. But listen, you fill your mind with all this junk. You fill your mind with all the, the, this news. You fill your mind with what this world's got to say. You fill your mind with all their agendas. And you fill your mind with all of that. You're not going to be able to speak to your mountain. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I said faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We have to, we have to fill up. Listen, the cars I drive, you know, I was, got a car inspected yesterday and this young uh, African-American man, you know, he, he, he got in that car. He said, he said, I don't even know if I've ever sat in one of these. I said, well, I said, enjoy. You know, he's going to pull it around the back. And, and he said, is this a V12? I said, yeah. I said, they're gone forever. No more of those ever. They're gone forever. I said, I got mine new, one of the last ones. I got it new. And he just went on and on and on about that car. But I didn't have the heart to tell him, you know, if, if you listen to this and watch that and all that, you, you, can't, you can't pull it, pull ahead. You can't get anywhere. You can't go anywhere. But my point was, when, when I pull up to a gas station, do you think I, I put corn oil in that car? I mean, do you think I put, like, the cheapest, you know, whatever in that car? I mean, do you think I just say, well, you know, I need to save three pennies and put in, you know, the lowest octane they got? No, why? Because when I stomp on it, I don't want it to go... In other words, if I want to go somewhere, I got to fill that thing up with the best. Amen. You're, you're not going to get any further down the road than the fuel you're putting in. Amen. Ah. I said, you're not going to go any faster in life than the fuel you're putting in. You know, computers have been around so long now, you hardly ever hear the term, but they used to say garbage in, garbage out. And that's what's happened to the culture. I mean, they're, they're, they're teaching daycare workers how to transition boys and girls. Y'all do what you want, but... <laughs> None of mine will ever be anywhere near any of that. Amen. Amen. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. So what was he going by? I mean, the, guy, the guy's 99 years old. I'm not trying to be crude. And I don't mean to be impolite. I know there are people here older than me. But sometimes I look in the mirror and I think, D-A-M-N, what happened? <laughs> he's 99 years old. And, and he's looking at a 90-year-old woman. Talk about faith. I said, talk about faith. And, and no in vitro, whatever, no artificial this or that. In other words, uh, old school, baby. Talk about faith. 
Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver. I say without apology, the kingdom of heaven is nigh. The consummation of the ages is upon you. And these are not the days to waver. These are not the days to falter. These are not the days to stumble. These are not the days to knuckle under. Being fuller persuaded that God had power to do what he has promised, this is why it was credited to him as righteousness. When you believe God, God credits it, credits it to you as righteousness. The words that was credited to him were not written for him alone, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness, for us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. Look again at verse 18. Against all hope Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be, just as it had been said to him. That's faith. Just as it had been said to him, that's faith. And in Mark 4, 35, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. So why were they afraid? Because Jesus had said, let us go over to the other side. And that's why Jesus said what he did in verse 40. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Faith is taking God at his word. I said, faith is taking God at his word. Faith is taking God at his word. Now we're tested in this all the time. I wish I could take this message and somehow send it back to me 30 years ago. Because when I was a young man, I didn't see all this. <laughs> you know, when you get away and you do nothing but study the word of God, you don't get weaker, you get stronger. And Sue and I were... You know, we were out praying and walking every day, and it was cold, but it, that's not like walking and praying in Texas. So we come back, we walk and pray yesterday, and the wind was blowing. I mean, the wind was blowing. And so I wake up in the middle of the night last night, and my nose is running. I said, oh, no, you don't. I said, my testimony is this. Satan is defeated. Jesus is Lord. The word of God is true. And I'm healed from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. And went back to sleep and woke up fine. See, that's what I wish I'd known 30 years back. Because we want to talk about it. And you know, men... The, the great thing about having a wife, that's like a built-in complaint department. You just tell her whatever's on your mind. But listen, there is no spousal privilege in the spirit realm. So you let your mouth run. You know, she may be polite and listen to all your complaints. But that's defeat coming out of your mouth. When you say, I feel this and my body's that. and That's defeat coming out of your mouth. Pastor... You can't be serious. I'm totally serious. I think we're going to, we get past some of the stuff we're doing, we're going to go right back and talk about confession and the power and the authority of our words, the, the, the power of our words. You have no idea the power of your words. 
I'm reluctant to give examples because, you know, people would think I'm crazy. But I'm telling you what, I'm walking in it more than I ever have. And it's not that I have greater authority than I ever had. I'm just learning how to use the authority that I've had all along and didn't know about it. Just, and think about it, the poor man, Abraham, maybe, 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 perhaps he had read the book of Job, but really, how much help is that? But he didn't have any Bible. He, didn't, he had nothing. And this generation is so blessed. And, and why is it that it's the Bible that's under attack? Every time you turn around, every new thing that this old world's doing is an attack on what? It's an attack on God's word. They, uh, they know what has power, God's people are clueless as to what have, has power, but they know what has power. You have not heard a public prayer in decades closed out with in the name of Jesus because they have eradicated that from anything that has to do with a public prayer. Anything prayed at a uh, football game or Super Bowl game, I'm not talking about a high school game, I'm talking about at higher levels, they have eradicated this. Why? Because they know what has power. God's people don't even know what has power, but they know what has power. And that's why the world's attacking the Word of God. Why? Because they know what has power. At thy word, if we would learn to obey at his word, if we would learn to take action at his word, if we would learn to repeat his word, we would hardly have an unmet need. Faith is taking God at his word. Say it out loud. Faith is taking God at his word. Say it again. Faith is taking God at his word. And notice also that we serve a faith God. For Paul, in telling Abraham's success story, wrote that our faith God calls things that are not as though they were. We serve the God who calls things that are not as though they were. We serve the God who calls things that are not as though they were. Our God is a faith God. And this is what he does. He calls things that are not as though they were. This is what he does. This is what he does. This is how God operates. And if ever you would like to connect to this God, then this is how you must operate. If ever you would like to be like this God, what do you mean? Isn't that, isn't that kind of sacrilegious? Why, why would you say, uh, how, could you, how can you say, if ever you, would be like, if ever you would like to be like this God? Well, Austin's like me. We hope Samuel's like Austin. The problem with the church today is we're not enough like God. Isn't that the whole point of being a disciple? Didn't Jesus teach about this? That a disciple, when a disciple is fully trained, they are like their teacher? What if we operated more like Father God and less like 
what we see in the media? Would there be more people born again or less? Would there be more people healed or less? Would America be a better place or a worse place? So this is who we serve. This, this is, you know, and there's no point in hoping or wishing God were different. <laughs> I learned a long time back, no point going down that rabbit hole. Just find out who he is. Just find out how he operates. Just find out what he wants and give him what he wants. Actually, I figured this out my freshman year in college. You go into one class and that professor, all they care about is the lectures. They test on the lectures. You go into the next class, the lectures don't, don't mean anything. All they care about is the book. So I figured it out. You just give them what they want. Find out what they want. Give them what they want. Then I applied that to God. To give them what he wants. Everything will go easier. Amen. You'll get an A. Amen. You'll get blessed. You'll get healed. Everything will happen according to his word. Hallelujah. Stop going by your itty bitty little opinion and start going by what God has said. Don't ever let the words, well, I think, come out of your mouth. Doesn't matter what we think. And if ever you would seek to be like him, you must discipline yourself to do that too. Call those things which are not as though they were. That's faith. Call those things which are not as though they were. That's faith. Faith is taking God at his word. Faith is calling those things which are not as though they were based upon what God has said. I didn't come prepared with these notes or information, but, you know, God was running out of time with this guy, talking about Abraham. And God had a lot riding on this because you have to understand that God looks down through the ages and God knows where it's all headed. God knows where it's all going. God knew that his son would be a descendant of Abraham, would be a descendant of Jacob, would be a descendant of Judah. God knew all that. But, you know, it ain't nothing going to happen until you have Isaac. And years were going by. Years were going by. Abraham's name wasn't Abraham. It was Abram. Sarah's name wasn't Sarah, it was Sarai. And God had to change their names. God had to change their names. In, in, in other words, in, rather than be called exalted father, he changed his name to father of many nations. I forgot what Sarai and Sarah, the definitions, I didn't bring those notes, but God had to change their names. So every time, every time Sarah would call Abraham for dinner or lunch, you know, she'd say, father of many nations, father of many nations. And, and you can laugh at this and think this is nonsense, but let me tell you what. We have not comprehended, we have not ascertained, we have not acknowledged, we have not understood the power of our words. Amen. Yes. Noah was able to call every species on the planet to come gather into the ark. And that was after the fall of man. That was, I could use Adam as an example, but you would say, well, that was Adam in the garden. Well, how about Noah? After the fall of man, Noah called the animals and they came to the ark. We have authority. And we were never meant to live our lives pushed around by the devil, pushed around by sickness, pushed around by poverty, pushed around by debt, it's not the will of God that we live our lives 
pushed around by the devil. But you have to wake up. You have to see who you are in Christ Jesus. Because we're not the same old thing that we were with a wax job. We are new creatures. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. We have ceased being what we were and we have become something entirely new. And we have not seen this. You know, I'm reluctant to share illustrations. People think I'm crazy. But I remember one time Sue came home. This was at our last house. And, you know, she said we had a room up above the garage. It wasn't like a theater room, but we kind of used it like that. And I was up there. It was Saturday, I think it was. And Sue comes home, you know, in the middle of the afternoon. She said, what are you doing up here? I said, well, I'm minding my own business. She said, well, don't you hear those air raid sirens and, and those sirens, those tornado warnings and all of that? I said, what has that got to do with me? We were at lunch one day after this building was built, and we come back, we find out there was a tornado came right toward this property from the west. And then you could see the aerial, the news, uh, the, the droid uh, video footage later, it was coming right toward this property from the west, then it turned northeast and then went across the highway, totally avoided this place. We weren't even here, but the people here spoke to it. Amen. There's no point in biting your fingernails and saying, I wonder if it's going to hit me. Well, if you do that, it's going to hit you. Right. Satan will have his way. Pastor, you can't be serious. I am serious. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We spoke and millions of dollars came, paid all this off, hallelujah. We're getting ready to do it again. We're going to build another phase. We're going to build phase two, hallelujah. hallelujah. We're saying the money's coming, amen. amen. And money's going to come. Amen. Call those things which are not as though they were. Tell your neighbor, call those things which are not as though they were. Now, don't go to confessing that you're going to have a million oil wells by next Friday because your faith is not at that level. You've got to pick something. You've, you've got to exercise your faith where you are. Faith is calling those things which are not as though they were based on what God has already said. Now, that's the caveat. Based on what God has already said because Abraham's faith was just as it had been said to him. So there's no point in you praying about anything. There's no point in you confessing anything unless you can back it up by two or three witnesses on the written word of God, what God has said. And even if, like this morning, I'm throwing in things that the Holy Spirit has said to me over the years, I mix that up together with two or three witnesses from the written word of God. It's fine to go by, it's fine to repeat, rehearse back to God what God has said to you so long as it is in agreement with the written word of God and so long as you can also find two or three verses in the written word of God that cover your situation. And so what these preachers are doing, these apostates, is there a change in the Bible to fit the lifestyle of their congregations? 
and that's not our job. My job is not to castigate the Word of God. My job is not to throw shade on the Word of God. My job is not to uh, intimate that maybe God's Word is off here or there. My job is not to indicate that the culture is superior to the Word of God and we need to change and edit the Bible. My job is to declare and to decree that the kingdom of heaven is nigh and that God's word is forever and that heaven and earth may pass away, but God's word will never pass away. And it doesn't matter what you're going through. You can take the word of God. You can lift the word of God up out of the Bible. You can build the word of God into your heart. You can let the word of God come out of your mouth. You can let the word of God pass through your lips. And you can speak faith over your life. And you can see the word of God come to pass in your life. Now if somebody out here has sin, according to the Bible, and, and they think we ought to edit the Bible to accommodate their sin, we're just not going to do it. John the Baptist came along preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is nigh. Jesus came along, guess what his message was? Repent for the kingdom of God is nigh. So our job is not to say God's wrong. Our, our job is to repent confess our sins, turn from our sins, and live a brand new life in Christ. That's our job. And if people won't go along with it, nothing we can do about it, our job is to declare it and to live it. I said our job is to declare it and to live it. If people get saved, great. If people don't get saved, well, that's on them. That's not on me. We were faithful to the Word. We were faithful to the New Testament. We were faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. We didn't back up off the Word. And listen, listen. You, you think I'm just rehearsing something cultural. I'm not. That's exactly our position when there's a pain in our body. See, I'm not going to change my theology because I got some pain in my body. I'm not going to back up off the Word of God just because I got some pain in my body. Man, I go to war, and I, I rehearse it. I start over, <coughs> and I rehearse it like I've never rehearsed it ever before in my life. Colossians 2.15, Jesus made an open show and spectacle of Satan on Calvary's cross. Jesus put to naught every work of Satan on Calvary's cross. Christ, redeem me from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for me. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Satan, you therefore have no right. You have no authority. You have no place to attack my physical body. Well, let's stop right there. You, you, Pastor, you're assuming these battles are spiritual and not physical. Absolutely, 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 because Adam was not designed to live 80 years. Adam was designed to live forever. So these battles, see, if Satan can talk you into the idea that these battles are physical, he's got you defeated. No, no, no. Listen. If Satan can get you into the, the realm of the mind, he'll defeat you every time. But if you'll learn how to hold him in the realm of the word of God, you'll defeat him every time. Amen. 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 
and then quote the word over your own body, Jesus took up my infirmities and bore away my diseases, and with the stripes of Jesus, I've already been healed, and then just rather than go to your wife and complain about your pain, rather than go to your husband and complain about your pain, don't talk about your pain, don't talk about your lack of money, don't talk about any of it, you speak to it. You stand up in the boat by God and you say, quiet, be still. You stand up, I'm talking about standing up. I'm talking about having some steel in your backbone. I'm talking about standing with God. I'm talking about standing with the Word of God. I'm talking about speaking to your problems instead of talking about your problems and speak to the pain and tell it to go and speak to the lack and tell it it has no authority and speak to the money and tell it to come. That's faith. Faith is taking God at his word. Faith is calling those things which are not as though they were based on what God has said. I said faith is calling those things which are not as though they were based on what God has said. And we have no excuse because how many millions took Trump at his word and how many millions took Fauci at his word and how many millions took Burks at her word? And how many millions took Biden at his word? And millions are dead today that would not be dead otherwise because they took just these four people at their word. So this generation is out of excuses. I declare to this congregation this morning that the kingdom of heaven is nigh and the consummation of the ages is upon you. So stand strong and stand true. Faith is taking God at his word. So Pastor Gene, what should those disciples have done on that day? Simple. They should have all said, Jesus said, we're going over to the other side. So brothers, we're going over to the other side. For you see, my brothers and sisters in the Lord, when you dare to call those things that are not as though they were based on what God has already said, you do not need a miracle. I said, when you dare to call those things which are not as though they were based on what God has already said, you do not need a miracle. All they had to do was say to one another, brothers, Jesus said we're going over to the other side. So brothers, we're going over to the other side. If they had done that, they would not, need a, they would not have needed a miracle. And I appreciate every miracle I've ever gotten from God. I, I do. But I thank the Lord, I just am believing that I'll never need another one. It's a stress-inducing, pressure-filled deal, I'll tell you that. So thank God, thank God, thank God, he taught me that I can speak life to my life, and I can speak health to my body, and I can speak prosperity to my money, and I can live my life with all of my needs met, and with all of my bills paid, and with a pain-free life, hallelujah, glory to God. Because his word is so. Amen. 
Let's bow our heads. I want to give you an opportunity to make your decisions for the Lord. You may be here this morning and you've never, you've never been saved. You've never been born again. You may have never even heard about such a thing. You know, it's sad to me, but you can go to church now and not even hear about being born again. You can go to church now and not even hear about being saved. Jesus said, you must be born again. John chapter 3. For God so loved the world that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. He gave his son as a sacrifice that whosoever would believe on Jesus would not perish but have everlasting life. And Jesus said, you must be born again. He didn't say it was a good idea. He didn't say it was highly recommended. On one occasion, he said, repent or perish. Jesus, not John, Jesus. Jesus and John. Revelation 3, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, I will open the door and come in and fellowship with him and he with me. So you can be saved. You can be forgiven. You can live a new life in Jesus. How many this morning would say, Pastor, I've never given my life to God. I've never repented of my sins. I've never asked God to save my soul through the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, but I want to do so this morning. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up. Lift it up high enough to where I can see it. We're going to pray. Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to live for God from this day to my last day. You might be here this morning, and you're backslidden. There was a time in your life you told God that you loved him, that you would live for him, and you meant it when you prayed it. But over the passing of time, you've not made forward progress. You've gone backwards. You've gone back to the old lifestyle, the old habit, the old friends. The Word of God says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many this morning would say, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. I'm away from God. I'm backslidden. I'm not living for the Lord like I know I should. Pray for me, Pastor. I want to recommit my life to God and I want to make it right and I want to live for Him from this day to my last day. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. Pastor, pray for me. I want to recommit my life to God, to the Lord Jesus Christ. For the sake of those watching online, let's all of us pray the prayer out loud together. Father God, in Jesus' name, I give you my life. Time's gone by. I've gone my own way. I've done my own thing. And I've lived for self. But Father, I turn from that old way of living. And I give you my life. I believe in my heart. Father God, you raised Jesus from the dead. And I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. So I thank you, Father God, for not rejecting me, but for receiving me unto yourself and into your family. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you're watching online and you prayed that prayer as a commitment or a recommitment, you can contact us at fccarlington.com salvation. Let us know about your decision. We'd love to send you a copy of my book, God's Very Own Child. If you need a Bible, let us know. We'll send you a Bible. God loves you, and God wants to bless your life. Can I get an amen? amen. Can I get a better amen? Amen. amen.